This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. We have Karen back with us, a second Tuesday of every month with our endurance episode. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And good morning. I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for November 8th. This is episode 1561. Good morning, Horse World. I switched the music up on you. This is what Election Day feels like in the United States today. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like that? It's an ep- and by the way, this music is called Epic Battle. <laughs> no, Glenn. Yeah? I think, it, I think it sounds like this. Okay, this is, this is what I think the election sounds like. <laughs> yeah. That's probably that's more like it. All right, it's time for your regular opener. (laughs) When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned, and completing the challenge is the challenge, you're an endurance rider. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. But don't fence me in Let me be by myself in the evening breeze Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees Well, happy Election Day, everybody. We are going to be your politics-free zone on this Election Day. You'll get enough (laughs) of that tonight. So we are your politics-free zone. But I am going to make one declaration. I'm declaring this from on high and back in front of my, my silver microphone. And that is you got one day tomorrow on Facebook to gloat or whine. We're going to have 50% gloating, 50% whining. Tomorrow's <laughs> going to be the worst Facebook day in history because everybody's <laughs> going to be gloating or whining. You got one day. By Thursday, no more gloating or whining. It's only cute cat and horse videos and maybe some dogs. But that's it. That's what we're going to go back to what Facebook was created for, cute cat videos. That's why I would start it. All right? Perfect. Anybody arguing with me? Are you all with I'm, me? We're all with you, Glenn. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> Doesn't it oh feel that gosh. way, though? <laughs> I, I didn't realize till now that there were Facebook days. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Tomorrow. Facebook. Officially. One day. I'm going to stay off of Facebook tomorrow and then come back on Thursday. And it's all going to be rainbows, unicorns, and sunshine. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I don't want to see nothing, but let's do that. Let's make a movement tomorrow while everybody's bitching or whining or gloating. We're just going to post pictures of unicorns. Right. Or insulting each other and being condescending. Yes. We'll (laughs) change it. We'll make it a more positive experience. Make it a happy experience. Let's make it Unicorn Wednesday. Nothing but unicorns and rainbows tomorrow. Okay. I declare it. (laughs) 
Yes. All right. Well, I should run well, I'm for good. I voted like two weeks ago, so I'm good. I can just try, <laughs> try to tune everything <laughs> off, you know? You're coasting. I should run for president. And that would be my motto. Unicorns and rainbows for everybody. And puppies. And puppies and kitties. <laughs> and kitties. Yeah, and kitties. And horses, too. Yeah, yeah, and ponies. We need to bring ponies to the backyard of the White House again like Kennedy had. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Scooter. Scooter would be great. He'd be causing <laughs> so much trouble out there. Secret Service would be chasing him around all the time. <laughs> he'd be like, he'd be like escaping. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jennifer, what's going on today? I assume we're not talking election. <laughs> going, going on today is a complete... Riot is what it is. On today's endurance episode, it's all Mustangs all of the time. How much cuter can it get? How much As more we are American by can Mark, we get than that? Mark Montgomery, who has trained and ridden several BLM Mustangs with great success in the endurance discipline. And Samantha takes a break from her Nevada discovery ride to bring us an update from Northern Nevada. And you'll notice I didn't even try to say her last name because it would be completely unfair. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. You are picking me on me on Facebook, Karen, about screwing up her last name. There's like too many consonants, and the vowels are all in the There's wrong places. There's 104 consonants yeah. in there and <laughs> one vowel. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how. How do you go through schools? Poor Samantha. I feel bad for her. She had to go through school with that name. <laughs> well, hopefully she knows how to spell it by now. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> else does. <laughs> I copy and paste. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could memorize it, actually. I think Poor it's Sesiorka. Sesiorka. It starts with yeah. an S, a Z. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We'll just call her Samantha, Samantha from the Nevada Discovery Ride. Hey, you and know what? When you ride works. 1,100 miles across the deserts of Nevada, we you can just be called Samantha. You're a one-name girl from now on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That makes you badass. You're just Samantha. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. She did that. That's awesome. So now let's uh, talk endurance here a little bit. Uh, you did another parade and... <laughs> That's the opposite of endurance because all you do is stand and wait. Well, <laughs> but it's not because that is like the ultimate endurance is having your little endurance pony, you know, hurry up and wait. You know, you're sitting literally for hours on your horse expecting it to stand still. <laughs> and, you know, you know, it's trust me, it's easier for an endurance horse to be moving and going, going, going than it is for them to be standing still and behaving, you know, in a proper fashion. OK, you didn't <laughs> in, run in over. I didn't guide. see any news reports. So I'm assuming you didn't run over any children. Uh, no, we didn't. Know, we okay. did good. We no, but you know the horses were fine with the fighter jets that you know they always fly over to start the parade. And yeah, I always thought that's it, great when they have horses. And then the other thing is usually right behind the horse group is the band, um, which play the drums. Right, and, yeah, or in front, flags. or they have the musket shooters from Virginia oh, City, there, and oh, muskets go. are much louder than shotguns. And so they they were like six ahead of us this year. So it wasn't, you know, it didn't really bother us. The the year before, they were only a couple ahead. And every time they would fire off, I mean, the riders were jumping, <laughs> you know. Um, but but yeah, it was a it was a really busy, you know, because it's a um a, an election year, we had over two hundred entries in the parade. And then a huge what, number of three quarters people. of them were politicians in cars in, in convertibles waving. 
Quite a bit, yeah. yes. And some were horses, though. You know, there were really? a lot of horse. They had the cutest group a couple ahead of us. Um, it was, they were called the wild ass women and they were, they had donkeys and the donkeys were all dressed up. Like one of the donkeys had like a pink tutu on and another one had on red long johns <laughs> and they were just so cute. <laughs> I like that. Were they riding them or did they just, were they leading them? I think they were just leading, leading them. them. Yeah. Yeah. But it was really kind of cute. And then of course we were in the group called the Parading Arabians and we were dressed in the authentic Arabian uh, costumes with all of the beads and the jewels and the, you know, fancy um, uh, outfits for the rider and the horse that are just, you know, the costumes are just gorgeous. And and so that's always kind of fun to dress your horse up. And of course, the parade was on Saturday, all day Thursday, Thursday night and part of Friday, it poured rain. <laughs> So guess what? What? My horses rolled and they were covered ah! in mud. So we got a break in the storm. And so we, you know, we were able to kind of wash them off and clean them up. And then, of course, it rained again. And then they rolled again. At least they did have a blanket on this time. So we only had to clean the parts that were, you know, of course, I've got a horse, one that's gray, you know, chief with the white mane and tail. And so, you know, that caused a, quite a bit of extra work to get them clean, you know, but, but in the end, you know, we, we ended up with our ponies as clean as they could possibly be. And, and they, they did a pretty good job. They got us through the parade and it was, uh, uh, turned out to be a really nice day. So, so we got lucky there. And then, you know what, when you talk about the women and, and the donkeys, what was, uh -huh. the, what was their group called again? Wild ass women. For the for some reason, the only thing I can ever picture when I picture women and donkeys together is the movie Two Mules for Sister Sarah with Clint Eastwood. Oh, uh -huh, she's she, riding the donkey. She's the riding whole time. the donkey. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's, that's what I think of. I don't know. Because <laughs> okay. I've seen that movie about a hundred times. Is why it's always on in reruns when I'm like flipping channels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have to stop for some reason. I have to watch that stupid movie again. Again and again. <laughs> I know. Uh, now, you also, did you do a, a, oh, yeah, you did a, tell us about the video that Jennifer right. will repost it on, on our Facebook On page. Saturday, there was a fundraiser uh, for one of our friends that, that's had some health problems. And so uh, they did a, a, gr a group um, fundraising ride at the Washoe State Park this weekend, which was really kind of fun. And while we were going, we did the loop that went up around the mountain there and of course, Chief, he's so alert, you know, he notices everything, you know, and he's like, look, look, look. And I look over and there's this band of the wild Mustangs galloping. Oh, really? And, and of course, we're kind of on the trail, which is sort of like a rough Jeep road kind of thing going up switchbacks the side of this mountain. And they're lit. The Mustangs are just literally cutting straight up it. You know, they Heck, they don't need no road or trail. They can go wherever they want. So, and they were just, oh, it was awesome watching. And so I pull out the phone and of course I'm fumbling because I've got, first of all, I've got a horse that's like, oh, look, 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 you know, he's all excited. Let's go play. <laughs> yeah. Can I go join him? You know, and then I'm trying with my gloves to get the stupid 
you know, thing on. So I got, I did get a short video and about 12 seconds into it. I finally was able to zoom in so you could sort of see them galloping up the side of the hill. And, and it was fun to just watch them because there were riders ahead of us, like a switchback up. And the way the wild horses were heading, they were going to pop out right on top of these other two riders. And so we were kind of watching to see what was going to happen because it was going to be really exciting for somebody. <laughs> and so, but fortunately, the the Mustangs turned. They must have had their own little trail that went sideways where it got a little bit steeper. So they turned and then ended up coming out on the trail a little um, bit further ahead so that nobody had any, you know, uh, exciting accidents or anything up there. And so, um, but it was just so cool watching them and, and just being able to see them. And I mean, that was like almost, you know, the highlight of the whole ride for us. It was, it was pretty cool and just turned out to be like 70 degrees, beautiful blue skies. I mean, for November here, that was awesome. No wind. It, it couldn't have been a more perfect day. And, Very cool. uh, and do you yeah, often see you ride out there in that country a lot do you see what wild mustangs often or was this a rare occurrence um no you you do you see them all the time they're you know if, if you're out here and you ride a lot you'll you'll be encountering them they're all over um you, you know and, and in certain areas they come into people's yards and you know when you drive down highway 50 through like dayton and silver springs at night, there are signs all over cautioning, you know, horses on are going to be on the road, you know, letting you know. And and so we try to never drive, especially hauling a trailer through there in the dark because, you know, they are out there and you just, you know, you have to be super careful because they are all over the place. But it, it's pretty cool. And there's Facebook pages um, that, that are devoted to the to the Mustangs, um, you know, there's one for the Pine Nut Range Mustangs, which is where I am. And so if you just go to Facebook and search for that, you can you can find them. And they post, uh, there are people that, you know, even professional photographers that are posting photos of the bands and the, the stallions and their, you know, um, the whole groups all of the time. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool to follow them. Very cool. And then also, can we get an update on Valerie Ashker, who, of course, we've had on the show the last couple of months. She's making her way across America on her thoroughbreds to switch gears a little bit. And last time we talked to her, she was in Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, that's right. Right. And, and now she's made it to West Virginia. I think she's within maybe 150 or 60 miles of finishing this whole cross country trek on her off the track thoroughbreds. They're doing awesome. She had a mishap a week or two ago and uh, her horse. And of course you've got to appreciate these horses are just fabulous and they're so fit now they've been on the road for, you know, six months. So they're, you know, these are like super horses now because they're so legged up. They're so strong. And so I think one of them spooked and she came off and broke her clavicle again. This is the second time. And Jeez. some rig ribs. Oh. I know. Poor thing. And so she's still persevering in spite of all of the, the ups and downs that she's had. They're still going. Yesterday, uh, she rode uh, 23 more miles. They're going over mountains. Um, 
and they're still continuing on. Her parents are there helping her. I know her daughter's going to be meeting them, um, Lainey, when they end up getting um, to the finish. Uh, and and so now she's in more populated areas, so she's getting more and more help, you know, but it's got to be tough, you know, getting up every day and spending hours and hours and many days it's been raining on them. So they're doing this in the rain as well. <laughs> well, I can't believe one, the boyfriend's still with them. Um, and these horses, you know, I kind of had my doubts that these thoroughbreds were going to make it all the way across. But boy, oh boy, they have. I know it. It's amazing. They're incredible. And, you know, this has taken a lot of sticking power on everybody's part to do this for this long. It's just amazing that they I know. Yeah. When you think about how many months, I mean, she started in May and, you know, here we are, it's November and she's trying to get finished before the weather really sets in and they get, you know, hit hard by the winter storms, which are sure to come. But it's just... um, it's awesome. I love to see these different breeds of horses doing well on these kinds of things. It's it's great. And I know she's, you know, her goal is to bring attention to these off-the-track thoroughbreds to show what else they can do after their careers are over at the racetrack. And, of course, Samantha will be talking a long distance again. She did 1,100 miles in Nevada. She's coming up uh-huh. later in the show, too. And I know some of our auditors were hoping that we'd have her on. So this is for you guys to kind of do a follow-up. We had her on Went the first In week June. she started. Yeah, uh-huh. it was, she had just right. started, if I remember right. Right, uh, yep. just getting ready to go. Yep. yep. So, all right. Well, how about our endurance tip of the month? Okay. Well, what I was going to talk about this month for a tip is to practice trotting our horses out because a lot of that's something I think that is often overlooked, especially with the horse trainers. If if somebody's training a horse, that's probably something an average horse trainer isn't going to think of if they get an endurance horse in to train. But it's very important. You need to be able to have a horse that you can present to the vet that's going to be easily, you know, uh, trotted out and trotted back and have, you know, you want to have control. You want to have the horse have manners. You want to be able to present the horse so that it looks good. And by practicing that each time you ride, either before or after you finish, I think after you finish is better, or even just both do it before you start and after you get back, you know, the more you can practice, the better your horse is going to be because they know what's expected of them. They learn it gets to be a routine or a habit, just like everything else you do with your horse. And, and I've been doing that with the junior that I've had riding with me. I've had her trot each of my horses out both for her to learn, but also for the horses. And, uh, um, you know, because I see people all the time that their horses won't trot out and, you know, you can tell they don't, they haven't practiced it. And so that's, you know, an important thing. Um, the correct way to trot your horse out is you want to hold the horse onto your um, right side. Uh, you don't want to have too much slack in your rope, but you don't want to hold it so tight that you know it looks you know looks like you're you know not giving the horse any room to move. So you just you know you want to want to work with your horse, signal him so that he knows or she knows what you're expecting when you start to go. I like to do like a small little tug and click at them that we're going to trot out. And you can start out doing a shorter amount of 
distance as far as how far you're going to go, you know, start with maybe 20 or 30 feet and then build up from there so that the horse is, you know, learning that he's got to move freely. When you get to the end, you want to stop and you want to turn to the right around the outside of your horse. That way the horse looks better. And then when you come trotting back, you want to make sure you start to slow down and stop, you know, four or five feet before you get to the end where the, you know, if you were on a ride, the vet would be standing so that you don't run them over. And so by practicing these things, you can teach your horse, you know, the manners, you know, the routine, you know, how just the fact this is what I expect out of you. You need to trot. You can get a friend to help you, you know, even Uh, use a dressage whip or a lunge whip to help encourage the horse, at least, you know, initially to get him, you know, the idea across. We want you to move. We want you to trot out. You're expected to stay next to me. Not, you know, we don't want you pulling or spinning or getting out of control. You know, you need to stop right exactly where I say and, and then, you know, stand and, and, you know, behave yourself and, you know, not embarrass the rider, right? So all of these things, all of this practice, um, it just makes getting through an endurance ride a little bit easier um, because the horse knows what to expect. And you know that your horse is now, um, you know, got the experience and the training to do this. And, and again, not embarrass you because, you know, none of us want to go and, you know, and have the vet, you know, have to wrestle our horse or, you know, um, comment that we don't have control or anything like that. We want to look like we know what we're doing. And the only way to do that is by practicing. So that's my tip is to practice your trot outs after every ride or workout with your horse. Good idea. You know, they do that. Uh, obviously, uh, vet checks are done in, in most of the disciplines, uh, dressage and eventing and everything. And, mm-hmm. and and that is important. We've heard that the eventers talk about that, too, uh, because, you know, the event horses are in super shape like yours are. So uh, you don't want them rearing and carrying on. And then I do think you get eliminated if you run the judge over. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, that's never good. <laughs> <laughs> at least you're going to be held you're going to have to be held and uh do it again uh but yeah so yeah it's a good it's you know what it's funny because one of the things that i've heard them talk about too you don't have this issue but is uh is also practicing in the warm-up ring with other horses because you know the first time you go to a horse show that's going to freak your horse out sure so trying to practice with other horses too you know what would freak me out is the way you guys start your endurance race oh my god it's like a free-for-all i don't know what it is it's like a free-for-all <laughs> riot uh you, you wouldn't think that you were going 100 miles the way those endurance races start some of them that's true you know that and that's one of the things where we try so hard to get in our own little space and, you know, spread the horses out so that, you know, because if they can see, if your horse can see the next horse or group of horses ahead, they want to catch that group. You know, that's the only thing that matters at that point in time to your horse is catching that other group. Or if they even know horses are coming up from behind, you know, some horses are really particular about that even like my horse chief he is more bothered by horses catching up to him than he is by the ones that are ahead you know like if you're climbing up a mountain and he knows there's horses coming up behind that really gets him going and so you know the the trick is to try to find a nice little sweet spot where you can get in your own little space so you don't feel like you're 
either, you know, on the hunt or you're being hunted. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you, when I, all of us that had never seen the start of an endurance race at the WEG in 2010 were uh-huh. blown away. We all just oh. looked at each other like, oh, my God. Oh, I bet. But that's so that's uh, so different from normal, you know, United States endurance. They were all I mean, they all line up and they're all in a group. I mean, packed in like sardines in this group. And uh-huh. then they they blow the whistle or whatever they shoot the gun or whatever they do. And they're Everyone off like it's a hundred yard off. dash. They are it, gone. And did you see anybody get backed off? No, no, that, nobody got backed no? off. But it, oh, good, there were a good. lot of bumping going on because <laughs> <laughs> they're packed in a tight alley when they're first heading out. There were spectators uh-huh. everywhere, and they're in this tight alley. And oh mm-hmm. my god, they just take off at a dead run and bumping into each. other. I don't know how there weren't ten people on the ground. I really don't. <laughs> it's just it was the craziest thing because I was not expecting it. Yeah, you know, I was expecting wow. everybody just kind of meander off. You know, it's a hundred well, miles. That's what <laughs> that's actually what we do at most endurance rides. More yeah. often than not, I mean, people even lead out on foot for the first half a mile or so till they even get on the horse. Um, and others, you know, we walk out just you know at a walk and let the horses warm up a little bit and and get, especially on a colder morning um but most of the ride starts are pretty calm and 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 collected you know cuz you don't want the horse to get you know too wound up mentally it's so hard to bring them back once they once they go there <laughs> Well, the, all the FEI horses go there because it's like <laughs> they're yeah, but that's where they they tend to exist in that in that you know mode. <laughs> I would definitely go watch like at the next WEG, which obviously is going to be coming up and try on here. And I assume, have you heard anything? Are they going to be using? There is a hundred mile uh, endurance ride at the Biltmore in Asheville, mm-hmm. which is probably forty minutes from Tryon. And that's already established and built and Biltmore is built for yeah, crowds. Do you think they'll use that? I would hope so. That's It just sounds so perfect. I mean, that would be just so awesome. And, and yeah, we'll definitely get someone on the show to, you know, tell us about that. Because that's one of the big hundreds in the country that I haven't had anybody on, you know, to talk about yet. We've done all the others that that are in the country, you know, Bighorn and Old Dominion and Tevis, but I haven't gotten around to uh, to Biltmore yet. And so I'm looking forward to, to doing that. But it's, it's hilly. I mean, it's I don't think it's Tevis hilly, but it's hilly and a lot of woods. You know, it's it's uh, wooded and hilly. I'm sure there's a lot of single track uh, on that course. Right. It would be perfect. It just exactly what everybody's been wanting, you, you know, for for that kind of a course to be it would it, it would be perfect well let's head over to a distance depot it's that time of the show where they join us and talk about a product highlight and uh, we got to catch up with her last week and uh, Kristen had some thoughts on some christmas gift ideas because that's coming up well good morning Kristen. thank you for joining us good morning karen and glenn great to be here well, I understand you have a whole new division in your company that personalizes um, different products. So tell us about those. Okay. Yes. Um, it's actually called Customize It, where we can completely customize um, particular products, um, you know, that we offer. We can heat, um, heat transfer mugs, coffee mugs, and license plates. With your horse's image or your farm logo, we also have mouse pads, of course, ball caps and T-shirts and um, polo shirts. 
But um, more than that, we have been so busy embroidering because we embroider also, um, embroidering just the products that we sell off the shelf. Um, Some examples are the hay and gear bags. Um, We've done some pretty fun um, farm logos and people's names so that when you come into the vet check, um, if you send your bag out or if you're just trying to differentiate your product, um, your hay and gear bag from everybody else, um, it just makes it really simple and it looks great too. Right. I've seen some of the horse blankets that you've done and they came out looking just terrific. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun doing those. We've had people send in their horse's name um, with a horseshoe. We've just actually done for the um, Broxton Plantation um, Young Riders Championship that they're having out there, the 2016 Young Riders Endurance Team Challenge. So we donated the gold, um, gold medal team coolers, so we embroidered four of those, and then there were, was a sponsor for the silver and the bronze, and we embroidered those. They came out looking terrific, too, so those young riders are really going to have a nice prize when they finish. Okay, so if somebody would like to order something custom, what, what do they need to supply you with? They can send in artwork. We also have our own clip art. We have fonts um, available, different fonts. So we have fun scrolly ones. We have block font, the regular Arial script, um, lots of different fonts to choose from. Um, And then if they want to do a heat transfer on a license plate with their horse's picture or on a mouse pad, you could send us your farm logo. um, And basically just sending a picture is, is all we need for that. For the embroidery, it gets a little more complicated, and typically what we do is if you order on the website, we always say that we're going to contact you, and Sharon does the embroidery here, and she calls you up and decides on, together you decide on the size and, and the font style and or, you know, the image that she's going to do for you. So um, we try to make it pretty easy for you, and it's actually quite quite affordable. We, we've had so much fun doing these, it's really, and you can come to the website and, and look under our Customize It category under the favorites up at the top you'll see new customize that you can go there for the heat transfer products but throughout the website you'll find on the blankets and the hay and gear bags rump rugs fly masks just everywhere we'll give you that option to customize it if it can be customized terrific and these are all great gift ideas too especially with the holidays coming up well, also, you guys are involved in our Holiday Radiothon coming up on November 28th because you have donated a prize again this year, and you're donating a custom Beta Biothane Deluxe add-on headstall and halter combo. Um, yes. which is which I love these things because I love having the the bridle and the halter together uh, and then having to be able to take them apart it's just so handy it's really handy by the way for driving horses too uh, oh I bet yeah I bet yes we're really excited to be part of the radiothon again this year um, and we'll have to come up with something clever um, to uh, on on that day, we're doing. Isn't won't that be on um, Cyber Monday? Cyber Monday, November twenty eighth. Yep. Ooh. And Terrific. we'll we're uh, 
Uh, let me see what hour yours is going to be given away on the Equus Film Festival hour, which is new for us this year. The Equus Film Festival is going on in a couple of weeks in New York City, and they have agreed to come on and get some of the filmmakers and some of the celebrities in the equi- the uh, equestrian films that are out this year on that hour. So that's wow. going to be a lot of fun. Diana DeRosa, who's a regular contributor to our shows, is going to be co-hosting with us, and that's going to be happening in the 11 a.m. hour. Now, the way you qualify... And these have already started to come in. There's two ways you can qualify. And you can find all of this out by going to uh, HolidayRadiothon.com and clicking on the Enter to Win button at the top. You can send us a voicemail ahead of time, and in it you can be creative and sing a song. You can write a song. A lot of cool songs have been written and sung that have been sent in. You can write a poem. You can or just call us and tell us about your fantasy ride. This year's theme for the Radiothon is your fantasy ride. And what that means is if you have you can pick any horse from history alive or past, that you would like to ride, and it would be your fantasy ride on Christmas Day, which horse would you pick and why? So you can call in a voicemail and leave us that, which horse you would pick and why. Uh, Or the other way you can win is by calling us that day and telling us about your fantasy ride. Give us a call between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m., 12 hours live, and we have 10 phone lines open all day long. Last year, they were pretty full all day long, and we had over 200 people call us that day. Uh, wow. So we would love for you to call us and, and tell us about your fantasy ride, whether or not even if you get through to the producer and you never get on air, you're going to be entered for the prizes. So uh, we'll put all the names in a hat, and each hour we pick a number. And then at the end of the day, um, so during the day, every hour we have prizes, like like the uh, Biothane uh, headstall and halter combo. And then at the end of the day, we have a grand prize that's worth over $1,500. So uh, that includes about 20 different things that were given away to one lucky winner at the end of the day. So it's a a lot of fun. We're the only ones in the podcasting world that does anything like this, and it's in the horse world. How cool is that? Cool. I know it. Yeah, very cool. We're leading very the cool way. The fun. horse world's leading something. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Really fun to be a part of. So we will we will try to come up with our fantasy ride. Yeah, or, well, Chris, or your song. Did you guys sing a song or something? A poem? Did. Yeah, yes, they did a song last Christmas. year. It was great. Yes, I yes. thought so. <laughs> The 12 days of Christmas, but maybe we'll do no singing this year. (laughs) (laughs) We love the singing, though. It's so much fun. Um, Yeah. And you know what? If you're singing as a group, then everybody sounds bad. That's right. That's That's right. (laughs) That's the key. (laughs) Karen, what are you submitting? Are you submitting a song or a... Oh, gosh, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to get my horses to do something. Yeah, you're going to have to do something. You're going to be required yeah. to do something. Yeah. Okay. I'll start thinking about it. Yeah, you start getting, get on that, okay? <laughs> All right, thanks uh, Thanks a bunch. And what's the website again? It, we are thedistancedepot.com. And put the the in there. I, I make that mistake all the time. It's thedistancedepot.com. Distancedepot.com is something completely different, and this one is. is much better. That's right. <laughs> yes. Horse stuff's on it. That's right. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. All right. Well, thanks, thank Kristen. you, Kristen. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Renegade Hoof Boot is a highly developed horse boot for the barefoot performance horse, designed to be easy to apply and easy to remove, yet stay secure, even through the most rugged conditions and grueling tasks. 
Riders who are using Renegade hoof boots are discovering an unparalleled world of design, function, ease of use, and performance. Renegade hoof boots, unleashing the potential of barefoot performance horses world over. Renegade hoof boots are proudly made in the USA. You can learn more or purchase a hoof boot at renegadehorseboot.com. So now your next guest is a Mustang guy. Why don't you tell us who he is? We have Mark Montgomery from uh, Northern California who rides and has been very successful on his um, BLM Mustangs that he's adopted. And so we're going to talk to him about about his horses and his recent uh, successful completion of the Tom Quilty Gold Cup in Australia last month. Good morning, Mark. Thank you for joining us this morning. Morning, Karen. Thank you for having me. Well, let's start with learning a little bit about your history. Um, as we um, have been talking about Mustangs, the BLM Mustangs on this show, how and when did you first get involved with uh, horses and then the, the BLM Mustangs? Well, I've been riding horses all my life, and uh, I, I just—I was given a Mustang years ago. Uh, they were having trouble with it, couldn't train it, and I've done quite a bit of training. So I started working with it um, and got it rideable and then sold it. And then my wife got me into endurance. I've always wanted to do endurance, and um, she finally gave me the opportunity. And all I had at the time were Mustangs, and so she wasn't sure if they could do the sport, but they've done very well. Yes, they certainly have. So tell us, how did you come to get your first horse you rode, uh, which was named Chief? Um, I I bought Chief as a yearling. Um, Now I like to buy them where they've uh, been in the wild a little bit longer, and you know, developed better, better bone and better, um, better muscle out. You know, I think it's great when they're born in the wild and they can, they can develop their bodies. Uh, you know, they start running from day one. And but Chief was a yearling, and he was one of the easier Mustangs I've trained. Um, just. Yeah, just a, a wonderful, easy horse. Uh, my wife, Linda, did not think he would make an endurance horse. He was built a little heavier, a little stockier than um, ideal, and he, he did great. He certainly um, did. I know you, you won plenty of rides with him and plenty of um, up-in-the-front placings. Yeah, I... Um, on my first endurance ride, uh, we rode up at Washoe, and um, I rode with my wife, not not knowing the sport or how you bet through, and so I hung back with her, and then finally, about three-quarters of the way through the ride, I didn't like riding that slow, so <laughs> I and, I, um, and we ended up uh, placing 13th. Oh, good. And then... That ride, we went down to Bridgeport and did that that ride. And as we rode into ride camp, we saw uh, like a hundred horse trailers. And she said, "Don't even think about top ten in this ride." <laughs> and it was kind of funny. Chief uh, hooked up with a mare named Rosie and fell in love with her. 
and my wife ended up helping vet the ride, and I came in at lunch, and we, we were in the top 10 at lunch. I can't remember what place, but she was warning me to slow down because she didn't think Chief could do it, uh-huh. so I backed off. Uh, I think we came in ninth that ride. I see. I'm looking at the um, AERC results right now, ninth place. Pretty good. And then my, my third ride on Chief was up at Lake Almanor, and um, Linda couldn't make it to that ride, so I was kind of on my own um, and didn't, still didn't know a lot about endurance, but I, I picked up a big bag of carrots and figured, <laughs> you know, two carrots, so I gave him a, a lot of carrots and uh, it, up, uh, it was a flat, easy ride, and I, there was another guy from Nebraska, a uh, very competitive rider, and so I let Chief keep up with him out in the front, and then he got pulled. So now we're up in the front all by ourselves, and uh, we just maintained that pace, and he ended up winning that ride. Wow, that's well, pretty carrots, cool. The carrots are the secret to your success. Who knew? Big <laughs> bag of carrots. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Vicki Giles, who uh, has the famous Mustang Robin Hood, she, she told me she pretty much uh, gives Robin Hood all the carrots he wants. So, <laughs> that's a I good plan <laughs> so do you what do you do as far as your conditioning program for getting your horses in condition now for you know for the endurance rides well I, I'm very fortunate where I live is way out in the country um, I'm at the end of a, a long dirt road and I don't have my nearest neighbor is about a mile away and I've built trails all over through the country out here. So I, I don't have to trailer out to ride so I can get home from work, you know, maybe an hour or half hour before dark and take off on a ride and finish in the dark. Um, it's such an advantage to be able to, to ride right from your home. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the trails out here, um, you know, there's a lot of hills. I wouldn't say we live in the mountains, but we have a, we have a lot of hills out here. Um, and I, I try to ride each horse at least every other day when I'm getting ready for a ride, but I don't do a long rides. I do maybe four to eight miles, mm-hmm. uh, each time, but you know, they are pretty hard, fast miles. Now, have you gotten any of the BLM horses that have been exceptionally difficult that you had to spend, you know, quite a bit of time um, getting trained and, and conditioned? Well, um, Frankie was probably my hardest um, Mustang to train. Um, he he actually jumped out of my round pen a couple times. He, oh, boy. He wanted to remain for the longest time. I, I got him at, at, I think he was three, and he did not want to warm up to people. You know, you can imagine... When they're caught, they're usually driven by, and um, you know, then they're they're caught, they're gelded, and they're branded. Everything to do with humans is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he he took forever to to warm up to me. People would watch me working with him and telling me, "You need to get rid of that horse. He's going to kill you." And <laughs> I remember one of the 
I train them not to move, you know, when I'm, whether I'm saddling or shoeing or whatever, I, I have them in the round pen, and if they walk away from me, I make them run. Um, and sometimes, you know, that took hours of lunging them in circles before I could, before he would even smell my hand. Um, but, you know, when I finally got on him, um, months later, I, I had taught him not to move. So now I got on him and he would not move. So I thought, well, <laughs> anyway, I put spurs on. I thought, well, I'll, I'll put Uh-oh. And I touched him with a spur and he ran and dove into one side of the round pen and we fell backwards and I held on and he got up and he ran and he dove into the other side of the round pen. And at that point, <laughs> I thought, I better get off. Um, so, but let's see, I think Frankie's 11 now, so that was <laughs> eight years ago. Okay. And he and I have come a long way. He has really come around to being a really good horse. But he, he's just a beautiful dark Palomino with one blue eye. Mm-hmm. I, I gives him a little bit of his crazy streak. So where where have you gotten these horses from? Frankie, I, I picked out from from the BLM up in Palomino Valley, and I actually went out there. He, he stood out in a herd of about 200, and I said, wow, I've got to have that horse. And the, the BLM worker looked it up in his book, and he said, oh, he's already been purchased from a lady in Arizona, but um, you can pick out another one, but after seeing Frankie, he, he was just, he just had that presence about him and I had to have him. So anyway, I went home without getting a horse and about a week later I was running my bulldozer and I felt my phone vibrate in my pocket and it was a BLM and he, he said, the lady has turned him back in. She can't come and get him. And I'll see, I said, I'll be there tomorrow to pick him up. Oh, good. Um, as they were trying to load him into my horse trailer, he almost climbed out of the loading chute. Um, <laughs> he, he went straight up in the air instead of going forward into my trailer. I knew he was going to be a project. Uh-huh. Uh, but he has come around so well that um, at Rides of March this year, I had a junior rider ride him. Um, she had never done an endurance ride before. And uh, her name was Bailey. And uh-huh. then I had... The Ellis ride Cody and I rode Woody, and our goal was to tie for first um, on that ride, and we we were able to do that. Right, I remember so, seeing the picture of the three of you coming in together. That was awesome. Yeah, we we tried to line up, um, you know, for a three way tie, and we hear ride management at the finish line yelling, "We don't allow ties." Oh. <laughs> so, they used that photo finish to determine our placing. And <laughs> uh, right at the finish line, I, I kind of let up on the reins a little bit, and my horse, Woody's nose, stretched out in front of Cody. Uh, Co- Cody's ears are actually ahead of Woody, but she has Cody collected, so his nose was drawn back, and Woody's nose was stretched out. So I, I ended up with... Uh, the first place and Samantha got second and then uh, Bailey and Frankie were third. They were about a head, head length behind us. 
But we, we, we tried for a three-way tie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember back in, was it February, um, the 20 Mule Team ride. Now listen to this, Jennifer. Mark rode the 100 on Saturday, and then on Sunday got on a different horse and rode the 50. Yeah, that, that was um, that was crazy. I, I kept going back and forth on whether I wanted to ride again on Sunday. Uh-huh. But I brought, brought Frankie down there to ride on Sunday, and I had him conditioned and clipped, and we were ready to go. So I I went ahead and rode him. Uh-huh. And, um, we were... We were out in front on Sunday, and it went out and did a loop and came back, and we went the wrong way on the loop. <laughs> I remember passing you. <laughs> I've, I've got a question, though. As we, we were chatting before we, we started recording today, and Karen said that when you compete, you wear good old-fashioned, tried-and-true blue jeans. Is this true? Well, I did for a long time. And I still do it, but um, <laughs> I, I have been known to wear tights. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> I was going to say, because how, how could you have any skin left on your knees and shins by now if you were been wearing jeans all this time? <laughs> but you, you do toughen up. If that's all you wear, you get good. And, and you know, you get toughened up. Um, so, yeah, I, I can go either way. Um, but uh, uh, thanks to Dave Rabe, I do wear a helmet now. Uh-huh. <laughs> After he got he got hurt down at Death Valley, and you know, I, I thought if Dave can get hurt, I mean, he's got more miles than anybody on endurance. And I thought it's only smart for me to start wearing a helmet, and it's not fair to my wife to have to feed me with a spoon if I get hurt. Right. And and I kind of remember you started wearing a helmet and didn't like one of your very next rides you came off. Yeah, I, I was on Frankie and um we were out in front doing a big loop down at Death Valley and Right. I think it was the day after Dave got hurt. And uh, Frankie saw camp about three miles down in the valley. Um and his buddy Chief was tied up in camp down there, and he decided we were at a, a nice canter um, going parallel to camp, and he decided to make a hard right turn. And I had just put Shoshin on his mane and tail, oh, make no! it look pretty. <laughs> and Uh-oh. he made a hard I went straight. I, I grabbed his mane, but my fingers slipped right through it. Uh-oh. And I had and then um, Robert and Melissa Ribley came riding up behind me as I was uh, jogging back down to camp to get my horse. <laughs> oh, no. So he, he left you there. Yeah, he went all the way back to camp. <laughs> so I had to go. He forgot that and lesson where he was supposed to stand. <laughs> Frankie's not that kind of horse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I came back and I re-entered the ride right where we had left the trail. And that was probably one of my funner rides because right when we got back to the trail, the last rider was riding by. So we had the whole, I think there were 40 something people on that ride. And all we could see in front of us were riders as far as you could see. Oh, and boy. 
really got into it. He really got motivated, and we just picked up a nice canter, and we just started passing people as we were going, and um, we ended up finishing fourth. Wow. Well, that's pretty good. Well, I have another a story about Mark, Jennifer. Um, on Tevis this year, we were down, we ended up, um, both of us were on foot leading down one of the long, steep canyons. And we got down to where the river crossing is, where the swinging bridge is. <laughs> Do you remember this, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> and so we both just walked right into the water because, I mean, we're both hot and tired and we've been on foot for a long time. And, you know, we wanted to just go right into the water and cool our horses off. And so we walk in and I'm kind of, um, you know, cooling my horse off. And so I wasn't really paying attention to Mark. And next thing you know, he just suddenly appears from out of the water. <laughs> he had just he dove in completely under the water and went for a swim. And then he just appears out of nowhere, right in front of <laughs> me and my horse. And I don't know which one of us was more spooked, if it was my horse so, or me. So is, is standard standard equipment now also a uh, snorkel? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. Down toward Karen, I, I tried to keep spread out from her so I didn't spook her horse but um, going underwater and with the current it kind of washed me right down next to her <laughs> when I came when I came up for air but that sure but, felt good didn't it <laughs> oh yeah it did um, yeah I, I was on Cody on uh, on Tevis and I, I was over to it on Tevis prior to that and I finally um, slowed down a little bit and decided not to try to win it and went for the completion and it worked. And you <laughs> so finished. My- yes. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And so you also got to go do another really uh, famous endurance ride this year in Australia. Tell us about that. Well, I, I, I was lucky enough uh, to get invited. Um, Aaron Cranin came and rode Cody at Tevis last year um unfortunately she got pulled at the lower quarry her horse oh. got stubborn and wouldn't trot out for the vet so they called him lame um but she invited me to come and ride her horse on the quilty and i said do i get to ride a brumby and she laughed and said no i have a good arab for you <laughs> well, I, I, for so um but he, he was a really good horse. Um, we had a good time. Um, Aaron's going to come and ride um, the Tevis next year on one of my Mustangs again. So that'll be fun. But they, they do in Australia. Um, a lot of things they do I really like. The one I'm not sure about, they start at midnight. And <laughs> so here you are, fresh horse, and you have your first seven hours in the dark. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> And it's a big, it has a big turnout, didn't it? It was like over 200 and some horses. 233. Um, but they, they do it. They don't really uh, acknowledge your placing overall. They they do it by weight division. So in my weight division, there were 99 and uh, we ended up coming in 11. Oh, good. Um, good. I would have brought my own saddle. I'd never ridden with a saddle that had knee rolls before and they they hit me right in the knees 
And by about halfway through the ride, um, I could barely walk. My knees were so sore. Um, but anyway, I managed to get through the ride. Um, I rode with Aaron's brother, who's a junior, who had won the junior division the year before. So he was very competitive, wanting to win the junior division again. Uh-huh. Um, so we rode faster than I wanted to. And the trails were, they'd had um, more rain than usual. And the trails were really muddy and boggy. And you know, especially in the dark, you never know when you were going to Oh, gosh. Get. Yeah. We are riding in the dark, and <laughs> um, yeah, the trail conditions were pretty bad. It would have been beautiful if if they were drier. Uh, I did get to see a kangaroo, which was really neat. I only saw one, and he was it was a fleeting moment. He um, <laughs> he he got out of there pretty quick. But, um, so, what are some of the things that you liked about? the way they do endurance over there? Um, boy, one thing I wish we could incorporate it in our rides is every horse has their own vet book with 30 uh, different room for 30 rides, you know. And so, and, and they do it electronically where you have a card with your name and number on it and you you have to scan your card at the in and out timer and oh. then they give you a of your in and out time so everything is recorded electronically and there's no confusion that way i really liked it um but then on your on your vet book you get to take that home with you and you can look through the book you have a, a, a history record uh-huh. of your horse on every ride he's done it's really really a great idea Yeah, I think that is kind of cool. Okay, so let's just finish with one more question for you. What advice would you give to somebody that's thinking about trying endurance with their Mustang? Um, Boy, get them in shape and um, get them to like the sport. A lot of the Mustangs don't really like to condition hard by themselves, but if you ride them with a buddy, uh, they do a lot better. Um. They can be as stubborn as a mule. Uh, they, they've got that. Uh-huh. I, I would train them. I would consider them to be mentally about half mule. Okay. As, um, so, yeah, getting them, uh, getting them out there to condition them by themselves can be a challenge. So find a buddy. Uh, That's what you're saying, huh? Yeah. Um, okay. That does. I know Vicki Giles says that Robin Hood uh, does not like to do conditioning rides, but he does amazing when it comes to ride day. See, mm-hmm. um, there we go. I had a, I had a horse like that too, and that you take him out on a ride by himself, he's a Mister Putt Putt. But whenever you yeah. get him out with a group of horses, he was all just chock a block full of enthusiasm. So that kind of makes sense that you know that seems to run true through. Hello, their their herd instincts are pretty strong, being from the wild. So uh, find yourself an endurance riding buddy. Uh, regardless of gait or or breed, and uh, go out there and have a great time. And, and we wanted to say thank you very, very much for for uh, hanging out with us on the show today a little bit. It's been very interesting. Yeah, thank All you, right. Mark. And I'll see you at the next ride. All right, I'm looking forward to it. So he came up out of the water. Did you think it was an alligator? <laughs> I think my horse <laughs> thought it was like a shark. 
<laughs> horses are so funny. Like yesterday, Scooter's out in his field. My pony's out in his field all by himself. And we drove the gator out to put hay out in his field. He didn't really pay any attention to us. And then we look over about one minute later, and he is freaking out at the pile of hay in the middle of his field, snorting and <laughs> carrying on. He didn't know where that came from. It was just, he was convinced there was an alligator in his field. Uh-huh. Horses are so funny. They really are. Well, yeah, but, but, but you do have alligators. Have you ever seen one? Not in our You're, neighborhood. Oh, apparently, okay. they we, we used to have a big lake in the middle of our neighborhood, and that has since dried up. But apparently, when the lake was here, they used to have alligators wandering through. Uh, wow. We just have lots of snakes and bugs, but no alligators in our neighborhood yet. <laughs> yes. We don't have a lot of water in our neighborhood, so I think that makes a big difference. But he, uh-huh. he was very interesting and obviously has, has lived a life and done some adventurous stuff, huh? He sure has. Yes, yes. Wow. And you know what he says about the Mustangs, I mean, makes a lot of sense. They want to be in a herd. All horses right, re- right. would... Don't you think all horses perform a little better if they're if they see other horses? It depends. You know, some horses have an independent streak. Like my horse Chief, for a long time, I had to ride him alone because in a group he would get too competitive. And and his poor little brain just couldn't deal with that. <laughs> it would get him so darn wound up. Which is great up. when you're running a uh, one and a quarter mile race. But when you're running a hundred mile race, not so good. Right, right. right. Yeah. Yes. And the writers also themselves tend to like to have company, you know, especially for that many hours in the saddle. It's it's fun. And, and that's how, you know, we end up making a lot of friends over the years um, because of all the different people we've been able to get to ride with and spend the day with or, a, you know, a couple hours here and there. It's a lot of fun. Well, Jennifer's calling our next guest, of course, Samantha from the Nevada Discovery Ride. She rode 1,100 miles around Nevada. And, you know, Nevada's not the easiest state to ride around. So this is going to be interesting to chat with her. But while she's getting her on, uh, I know that you wanted to chat about the fact that the new ride season starts December 1st. Yes, December 1st starts the brand new 2017 ride season. And so we're down to the last couple of the uh, rides coming up this next week and over Thanksgiving weekend. And then that will be the end of this ride season. And so I went to the AARC website to check and see what new rules or anything are going to be going into effect. And The only thing I found is that they did pass some drug rule changes at the mid-year board meeting, and and these are effective immediately for new things that are on the uh, not allowed list, and that includes kinesiology tape. How do you say that, Glenn? I always mess it up too. Jennifer, say, <laughs> uh, I always mess it up too. Now you got me saying it your it's way. A, it's another big word. It's kinesiology. <laughs> kinesiology. Tape, yeah. There kinesiology you go. Tape. Thank you, Jennifer. See, you go, it takes three of us to get it out. Right? <laughs> so that, no, that's prohibited. And uh, so some are. Really? Why'd they uh, do that? Nobody has prohibited that. I don't know because I think anything that could possibly be seen they, as Olympic enhanced athletes your- wear it all the time. I don't know. I don't even know what it is. It's I can't say it. You know, you see Olympic athletes, they have that, you... that tape all over them and colored tapes on their legs <laughs> and their backs and no, stuff. No, wait a minute. Let us back up here just a minute. Kinesiology tape. Okay, so how, do, it's, how, it's, how does it even stay stuck on, a, on an animal that's covered in hair? <laughs> well, they make super-duper sticky stuff for horses, but that's uh, no different than using a therapeutic saddle pad under your saddle. Well, I don't know. It's no I, different than I, putting I, boots on your horse. Yeah, I, I don't get that. <laughs> 
I don't know. Oh, you know, th- th- you know, lavender is on the band list. So, you know, there's there's we things... don't want our horses to smell good. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. sure. I'm you know, I don't know. I think it doesn't necessarily have to actually do anything. It's just that it could do something. And so they don't want anything. To OK, be... you're going to have to get somebody on to explain the tape thing, because that makes no sense. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm just reporting what I'm I copied and pasted. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Poor Karen. All right, let's let's go on. <laughs> and, and then another prohibited thing is by by phosphonates. That's uh, and nitrofurazin ointment, which I think already was yeah, and band list. Um, Tildronate, Tildren. Claudronate, Osvos, and this is all effective immediately. And I don't even know what any of these things are. Well, then so. you're probably not using it. So you're good. <laughs> so I'm you're probably good. not using it. I don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah, think, you know, I just think, you know, most of us aren't going to take a horse that, that we know is medicated or drugged to an endurance ride anyway. You not know? the ones no. you go on that the paths are about a foot wide and the drop-off's about 4,000 feet. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Yes, you don't want a drugged horse. Well, you know. Speaking of uh, drugs, I think our next guest probably wanted to take some herself uh, <laughs> on her ride. She and we've had her on before right when she was first dis- starting. It's a Nevada Discovery ride. She did eleven hundred miles under saddle around Nevada, seventy four days, and all of our listeners wanted a report and an update. So we have Samantha on with us, who has no last name because none of us are even going to try that. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> Hi, Samantha. Welcome back, Samantha. Hi. For joining Thank us. You. We can't even say kisneology. Well, how are we going to say your last name? I mean, geez. no one can. Don't so, worry about all right. It. So it's it spe- starts with an S Z. So how do you say your last name? Sazorka. Sazorka. It actually okay. s- says yep. easier than it spells. It's much does. easier. Yeah. <laughs> did you go through high school with that name, or did you marry it? No, it's it's my maiden name. Ugh, that must have been tough. <laughs> Samantha, eleven hundred miles, you did it! Congratulations, girl. Thank you so much. I'm I'm uh, adjusting to being back in the real world. Were you I know it's hard the whole isn't time. It? Were you taking butte? Seventy four days. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. That's that's pretty cool. Well, tell so, us. Much- all in the backcountry, so we were right. uh, really cut off from what was happening. Um, you know, for the bulk of the ride, I didn't even have any cell service or internet access. I didn't. I literally didn't know what was happening in the world. Well, that's kind of nice. You missed the whole election cycle. You picked a right time to do this. <laughs> she should have just stayed gone a little longer. She could have missed today. the whole thing. <laughs> you know, done a mail-in ballot and been done. Well, with it. <laughs> I was I was happy to be able to come back and vote. So okay, all right. Well, tell us about the ride. You know, t- first give it, people an idea of what kind of terrain you were over and under. Sure. So my route took me through basically was a loop all the way around northern Nevada, and northern Nevada is pretty diverse. So um, we traveled, by by we, I mean my horse and I, we traveled over a little over 20 mountain ranges uh, and crossed every valley in between. Um, It was very challenging. 
uh, in places. We, again, I tried to stay as backcountry as possible. So I was on uh, really old trails, old roads, um, far, far away from from civilization. Did you camp? Were you camping every night? Every night, every night. So basically, I, I just did. I tried to average about twenty miles a day. So I would do my miles for the day, however long that would take, and then find a nice place to camp. Uh, and I rode all on public lands, which was uh, wonderful because you just pick a place and set up camp, and then do it again the next day. Okay, so now I just interviewed a guy, uh, the show just came out, who hiked the Appalachian Trail at the age of 61, and he was fat and out of shape and did the whole 2,400 miles Mm -hmm. of the Appalachian Trail. And I asked him some questions that really apply to you, too. And that is, did you have any interesting encounters with animals? (laughs) Lots. One, uh, we saw elk quite a, uh, a lot of elk during the ride which we'd never seen before my horse hadn't seen and the first i don't know if you've seen bull elk before yeah we have they we... are <laughs> massive they're yeah. massive and, and their horns are about 12 beautiful. feet across <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah they are stunning and beautiful but they're also terrifying and the first one we ran into on the ride uh my horse it was his first bull elk he you know, I thought it was really interesting, his reaction, because horses are, are fight or flight. And so his initial reaction was to run away, which, of course, I didn't let him do. And so when I when I said, no, we're not running away, he said, well, then I must kill this animal. Oh, no. And he tried to fight the elk. He tried to fight a bull elk, uh, <laughs> which was terrifying also. Um nothing happened. We were we were fine. But uh, so we saw lots of elk, deer, antelope. Lots of coyotes, but probably the most prevalent encounter was wild horses. Mm-hmm. Um, I had many, many sleepless nights uh, being awoken by horses charging into camp and having to get up and chase them off in the dark. And uh, that happened pretty much constantly. Wow. The bur- and wild burrows also, although the burrows, the wild burrows never uh, invaded our camp, but but the horses certainly did. So were they more interested in like your horse or your horse's food? No, they, no, they were, they were the stallions in. are incredibly aggressive. So they're, uh-huh. they're trying to fight. Uh, they're very territorial. So even during what? the day of just riding through wild horse areas, we, we got charged a lot. Wow. And uh-huh. then in camp, uh, they're just coming in because they're curious and they're, you know, territorial and so they were trying to get to my horse so i'd have to protect him i want to talk more about that but remind everybody about your horse Hmm. my horse is a nine-year-old uh formerly wild horse himself he's a he's a mustang from nevada who uh went through the prison program in carson city and that's where i adopted him and so i've had sage for about uh Five years now. Where? How did you chase stallions that are in a mood away? <laughs> That's my first question. And how did you do that without getting trampled to death? Sure. So my 100% effective invention, my wild horse deterrent, patent pending, so don't feel it. <laughs> uh, I and it's so simple. When I tell you, you're going to say, "Oh my gosh!" And I did this on my first ride across Nevada as well. 
I just took a ordinary plastic bag like you get at the grocery store and I tied it to the end of a short English riding crop. Perfect. And I carry that in my saddlebag at all times because it, it weighs nothing. It takes up no space in your saddlebag. My horse is, of course, desensitized to plastic bags, but wild horses on the range are not. So uh-huh. I can do it in the saddle or out of the saddle. Literally anytime you just pull it out, a couple shakes of the bag, and that movement, but also the noise, sends them running every time. Oh, good. Yes, That's it fills up with air. And I have and... done that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've done that to chase off one stallion. And on this last ride, I got charged by a huge herd of about 50 horses. Wow. And wow. one couple of shakes of the plastic bag, and they all went running. Wow. Oh my gosh. Works every time. I guess it'd work with coyotes and almost anything, too, right? I mean, it's brilliant. And it's a lot lighter than a big it does, it does not work on cows. <laughs> I tested it, but it does not work on cows. But um but yeah, it's very simple. Um and but it's terrifying to have a whole herd charging you. At I bet. <laughs> no kidding. I bet. I bet. Oh my gosh. You're one brave girl. And so I remember fo- I was following you and then I know you would drop off when you had no service for a you know couple weeks. And I remember a post where you were saying that you were encountering fences. So tell us about the fences. Well, it's public land and it's open range. And so there are fences uh, throughout the state, but they're not... Uh, typically a problem it's just the gates <laughs> you have right. to open and close every gate uh-huh. and so I think we talked about this before there are some of those gates that haven't been opened in 50 years so you're spending 20 minutes fighting with an old barbed wire gate to get it open and then you mm-hmm. have to close it um one of the the only unfortunate incident that happened was a lot of those fence lines are not maintained anymore they're they're old and so there's a lot of downed wire in the brush that you you don't see so we did have uh an accident where sage got tangled up in a little barbed wire and uh luckily it was the the wounds were all superficial and so we were able to continue but it was very scary because sometimes you can't see it until it's too late we, we bought a farm in Pennsylvania. It was 100 acres. And for years, we were finding barbed wire. Uh, years, we, we were digging barbed wire out of the ground. It just, you're right. It hides, too. It gets rusty, and you can't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just yep. hides. What was the most spectacular thing? What You know, if there's a couple of things that you were, that just stick with you from the trip, what, what did you leave the trip with? I think, um, I mean, I love Nevada, but being out there this way is such an intimate way to get to know the land and to feel like you, you, you're really seeing it because you see everything at three miles an hour. Um, so for me, it was just the constant surprise of how um, beautiful places were that I didn't know. I scouted some places on the route in advance, but not everything. And so a lot of the ride was, was a complete surprise to me. And there were places where I felt like I was the only person around for a million miles. Like I was 
mm-hmm. on top of the world, literally, because you're on these, we climbed every mountain range that we encountered. So we were on these incredibly high peaks looking down and you couldn't see an, another soul and you just felt like you had it all to yourself. It was, that happened throughout the ride. It was, it was a pretty neat feeling to, to be out in nature like that. And your dog and then, also, course, to, your dog to, was with you too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yes. So to, to be able to experience that with my horse and my dog, it was, it's a really um, unique bonding experience. How did you feed everybody, including yourself? Uh, I cached feed at different locations near the route before the ride. Oh, smart move. Um, because I'm, I'm super paranoid about colic, so I didn't want to change feed. Um, so I wanted consistent feed, so I bought all my hay and supplements and everything up front, and I cached it in advance. Uh, and then my support person uh, would drive ahead, basically to the to the cash place, pick up the hay and supplies, and then and then bring it to me. Uh, water also, because of course, water is so inconsistent in Nevada. Um, so he he really was crucial for bringing the feed and water to me. Yeah, that's one of the things uh, when you talk to hikers that they say everybody thinks about how do you carry all that food in your pack and when in fact it's the water that weighs the most. Uh, right, I could only ever carry so much. Right. And you, there were certainly days where we had no water. We would find no water on the trail. So um, wow. having someone to, to bring that to you is, is super important. I would say, uh, though, so my sage ate, he ate fine. He ended the ride uh, having gained weight, solid muscle. He looked, he looks like a bodybuilder right now. I, however, lost 23 pounds. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I, everybody keeps telling me to eat and telling me I look skeletal. But um, I think that's just because it's so physically demanding. Did you? Uh, for, did, that's you know, interesting, to, too. I can't believe the correlations here, having just interviewed this guy. He said that his appetite and his way he ate changed from the beginning to the end, and it was completely different. Did you find that your appetite and the way you wanted to eat was changing? Absolutely. Uh, it, it totally changes because you're burning so many calories uh, throughout the day, but your portions get so much smaller and so you sort of, and then you're not eating junk food and all that stuff you have in, you know, in real life. So um, over time, I found that I was eating much less, um, but but also craving less. And ironically, before the ride ended, I kept thinking, oh, when I get home, I'm going to pig out on all this, you know, pizza and all this horrible food. <laughs> and then I got home and I, and I still have not, we've been home for two weeks now. And my appetite has not is still not back to to normal to what it was pre ride. I'm still eating very little. Um, so yeah, it it does definitely change you physically uh, doing something like this. And how is your horse and your dog adapted back into normal life? I was really worried about my horse because we were in such a routine. And he definitely knew that, you know, we were up at crack of dawn, eat breakfast, saddle up and hit the trail. And he knew that routine. And then we'd go for six to 10 hours a day. 
uh, and then we'd set up camp. And to do that every day, um, he was so adapted to that. So I was worried that when we came home, he might be uh, sad. I don't, I don't know, projecting, I guess. Uh Um, But he, but other long riders have, have said that their horses uh, sometimes have a hard time adjusting to being off the trail. And that is, that is a real uh, effect that can happen. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, Sage was happy to be home because he returned to his herd of friends, and and so it was it was familiar to him. I gave him a full week off from the saddle, uh, and I can tell you that when I put the saddle back on to go, he was so excited. Um, he just wanted to be back out on the trail. So I think that's great. He's such a great trail horse. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, my dog, on the other hand, she got home, got on her dog bed and didn't get off for a whole week. <laughs> she's, I mean, she's officially retired now though. That was her, no more long rides for her. Do you have another one in the, in the works? An- another ride? Yeah. Oh yeah. Next spring, uh, 2017, I'm going to be doing a, a little, not as, not nearly as long, a, a shorter ride down in Southern Nevada. I've got some ideas in works for some shorter rides. I want to continue riding around Nevada primarily because it's just such a fun state to explore by horse. Um, but yes, certainly I've, I've already been dreaming up new rides. Cool. Very cool. So, well, uh, congratulations again, and more power to you. You're a lot braver than 99.99% of uh-huh. the rest of us. Uh, so, oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> the whole camping out, and Karen knows how I feel about that, and tents and bugs and scorpions. And, <laughs> and bugs. You know, when we, were getting, uh, when we were getting rained on drenched torrential downpour for days at a time, I, I was pretty close to thinking I was done. <laughs> I was going to ask you there if you ever had the quitting moment, fun. that moment where you were just, you probably had it a bunch of times, right? <laughs> it's like, why am not I as many as I thought I would. I think because I had done a long ride before I was prepared for some of those challenges, more prepared mm-hmm. for Mentally, them. Mentally. Yeah. Um, Is your yeah. Su- your support person, was that a boyfriend? Or a husband? I don't He's know. My husband. Your husband? What, did he think you're nuts? And was he more worried than you were? Yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's very supportive. Uh, he, I don't know that he quite understands why I keep wanting to do these things, but he's happy to help, and that for that I'm grateful. Um, he was very worried um, consistently, but I think he was. Uh, happy that in the end, you know, nothing bad happens. Well, you know, I think too, when you're out doing it, you know what you're dealing with. As the husband at home, we're imagining all the worst scenarios. We're not thinking of the good things. We're thinking automatically your mind goes to, she's being eaten by a bear or the wild horses have trampled her death. Um, so, so, you know, you try and have confidence, but your mind tends to do that. It's just human nature. Uh, oh yeah. My, my, when I finally was able to talk to my mom, she told me she was convinced I'd been murdered out there. Uh, well, that's the other thing, you know, you know you we didn't sorta... talk about. Did you meet any people that were frightening? I met a lot of people. None of them were frightening. Okay. They were incredibly friendly and excited about my ride and wanted to hear all about it. And um, that was pleasant. That was a nice surprise. Well, that's good. good. That's good. Good. 
Very cool. Well, congratulations again. We well, next time you head out, you, you have to you have to call us and we have to hear about it, all right? Will do. Where can people see the pictures and all the, you know, all of the fun stuff that you did? I uh, have my on starting my lecture tour this month. I'll be traveling kind of actually around the country giving some talks, uh, which I'm really excited to share some of our adventures with people. And then, of course, I've got photos on the website, nevadadiscoveryride.com, and our Facebook page and Instagram page as well. nevadadiscoveryride.com. Thank you, Samantha. Thanks, Samantha, and congratulations. Thank you. All right, take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. There you go. You're ready to get on the saddle and do 1,100 miles by yourself in the mountains of Nevada? Sure. You know, I love riding across Nevada. It's my favorite state. By yourself? With your dog? Well, if my husband were coming along to crew, then then yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm gay. I mean, I've ridden across Nevada a couple of times, and uh, it, I like it the best because I, I have to agree with Samantha. It's, you know, it's so remote. And it's still wild. You know, yeah, you run into the occasional fence when you're out there in the backcountry that you, you know, have to open gates or go around or whatever. But ultimately, it's it's just awesome because it's just like it was, you know, 100 or 200 years ago. And it's, you know, full of wildlife and it's just beautiful. It's all mountain ranges. People, you know, a lot of people think Nevada is just a desert and it's well, they flat. Think Vegas, you know? right? Because that's the yeah, only part of Nevada Vegas. anybody's ever been to. <laughs> right. <laughs> except, well, except you got to go to the other end of the state and think, you know, Lake Tahoe and yeah. and, and that sort of thing. And it's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's uh, every time, even just driving across Highway 50, you know, you get the yearnings to want to be out there on your horse. Well, it's um, it's very interesting to, to to see the correlation between her and the the hiker that I interviewed, uh, because they experience the same kinds of things, you know. Uh, only they he she didn't go through as many shoes as he did, uh, you know. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I know, but it's you know when you have a horse, then you've got a whole different yeah. set of responsibilities, you know. And, to take and can you imagine being charged by fifty horses? I've been in fields with fifteen that are carrying on and running the gate and all, you know, bucking and kicking. And can you imagine being in the middle of fifty? Oh I know. God. Well, it's a great idea for the plastic bag. Yes. I mean, I, I once had a horse that I would desensitize over and over and over, and he still. T- Lived his whole life scared to death of plastic bags. I never got him over over it. That's so, a brilliant idea, though. You, you know, but that's what I use on my lunch whip when I'm working the horses in the acre field. Yeah, and and it does. It fills up with air, and and you know they're not afraid of it, but it's it really keeps them moving. You know, except um, for cows, they're going. What's that? Can I eat it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> So, you know, I know I have a Rommel on my reins, which I've used to, you know, spin around to chase off wild horses because I have had a stallion or two over the years charge at us when I'm out riding. And and so I know what that's like. And yeah, you have to really be bold and stand up to them and, uh, um, because they will come at you when you get into their territory. Well, uh, thank you so much for setting that up. I know that uh, many of the listeners were wondering how she did, and and uh, you know, she's one brave girl. 
Yeah. And it, isn't it great to hear about all these people riding the, the BLM Mustangs yeah. and doing so well doing, you know, these long rides, 1100 miles or, or racing on fifties uh, and hundreds and, and, and multi Jamie like Mark the weekend Sweden. took her one out Zeus and was jumping as she did a jumping show. And that horse loves to jump. Great. So, I mean, you know, they can do so many different things and, and that's what's so cool about all of them. So, well, if people want to think about endurance rides coming up for next year, the best place to go is your blog. Tell everybody where to find it. Yes. My blog is at karenchatton.com. And I just uh, recently posted the sweet water recipe on there yeah, which, with photos which and video. Very popular with the listeners. Which is very popular. <laughs> I get asked all the time for it. And then I'm always having people thanking me because it, you know, not for it doesn't work for everybody, but it has worked for quite a l large number of, of horses. And the people are just so appreciative that they're able to help encourage their horses to drink better when they're traveling or on a uh, competition or, or something like that. So if it's, you, it's if sort you want of that cool. recipe, visit uh, Karen's blog. It's karenchatton.com. Yes. And you'll find yes. it there, along with a whole bunch of other information on how to successfully be an endurance rider. And Karen, thank you so much for joining us again this month. Of course, Karen is here the second Tuesday of every month. Happens to be election day. So everybody go yeah. out and vote. That's what Jennifer and I are doing next in a couple of minutes. We will be back Good. tomorrow. Jamie is coming back. I will let you know that she did not get on the trial, which is a good thing because she was she had to go to jury duty yesterday and they were picking for a trial that was a, a molestation trial and it was going to last six weeks. Oh, no. Yes, I just yeah. turned in my form for a for that for yeah. jury duty That's i'm hoping i don't get picked <laughs> six weeks she was gonna have to be there and she did not get picked i told her just say death penalty to everybody and she would get off so oh, okay yeah well in my case it, it was for a federal trial in reno which is you know 50 miles away so that that would be a real bummer to get and the federal trials can go a long time yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so let's just mention one more thing. Yeah. If for those, since it's election day, if you want to tune out, you know, social media, go to Horses in the Morning and you can listen to all the previous shows. You can listen to as many endurance days as you like or listen to all the other shows that are on there and just put it in a constant loop and tune out the election. There you go. Because <laughs> you know what? Whether you watch it all day or not, the result's going to be the same. <laughs> you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and you're either going to be happy or you're going to be pissed. Exactly. Be because now all the people on Facebook that have been holding back. Yes. You know, are going. Of, yeah. <laughs> and so, it's you know, it's like, no, I'm just going to try to t tune it out today and, and walk away from the computer after I'm done with this. <laughs> and that is so true. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow morning on Horses in the Morning at uh, 9 a.m. Eastern. Jamie will be back, and we'll be having a little fun then. So thank you, and take care. Happy voting. <laughs>